0: Hello there, I'm Devin Wilkins and welcome to Insight Peterborough, a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind. And I will say that once again I am doing this from home, so my co-host Bob Chrysler is not with us at the moment, but we'll definitely send a special shout out to him. Now, speaking of the CCB, Canadian Council of the Blind, I will say that in spite of COVID-19 and everything, we are going to have a meeting this Thursday afternoon, this coming Thursday afternoon. So if you would like to be uh, a part of the meeting, uh, if you're blind or partially sighted, and uh, you want to be a part of the meeting, or if you're interested in uh, volunteering for our uh, chapter, and you want to find out what's going on, then send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Before Thursday and uh, you can be a part of that meeting. All right. Um, April is Cancer Month, but things are definitely a little bit different this year, and we'll hear more about that. First, though, let's hear a Tragically Hip Song by uh, Gord Downey and the group called Bob Cajun, and uh, we're not only thinking of Cancer months, but we're thinking of the tragedy that is unfolding at the Pinecrest Retirement Home, and our, our thoughts are, are with them. Here, then, is the Tragically Hip and Bob Cajun.
1: little life tonight no.
0: Just before you think of sending out the COVID-9 police after the CCB, I should say (laughs) that uh, this Thursday afternoon's uh, get-together will most definitely be a virtual one. So we'd rather have a personal face-to-face meeting, but what can you do? We have to uh, stop the spread. So, yes, um, April is Cancer Month, and I wondered how the Cancer Society was going to be doing its campaign, both to raise funds and raise awareness. So I decided to get in touch with Alison Payne, who is the senior manager of the Durham-Peterborough office. So here's my chat with her. Well, hi, Allison, and thank you for being on the program once again.
2: Oh, you're welcome.
0: So uh, these are definitely trying times for uh, charitable organizations, and uh, I understand that uh, from a previous uh, Email that uh, before we get talking about fundraising and awareness raising, I understand that you're offering certain services to um, people uh, living with cancer?
2: Yes, absolutely. So during this time, we certainly recognize for anybody that's um, in the midst of their cancer journey or after the cancer journey that um, they are at a higher risk of catching COVID-19. And um, that's very stressful. A lot of appointments are getting changed. So we do offer um, peer support as well as, which is over the phone, as well as an online cancerconnection.ca where people can log in and they can chat online to other people that are in the same position they're in. And we also have our cancer information service where people can call and look for other ways for support, um, get their questions answered. And I know they've seen a 30% increase in calls over the last couple of weeks, so they are fully functional. Um, and their number is one eight 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 nine three nine three 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 three, 939 3333 and they are available um, to help support as well.
0: Now, what about drives to um, Princess Margaret or other uh, treatment centers? How is that working?
2: Unfortunately, we've had to suspend that service for now. Um, as, I don't know if people are aware or not, it's a volunteer um, service, so we rely on our volunteer drivers and um, we have to make sure that we're keeping them safe and keeping our clients safe, and we just weren't able to continue um, doing that. So and for very sad, very hard decision to have to suspend that service um, until things settle down.
0: Mm-hmm. So people will pretty much have to arrange uh, their own transportation
2: yeah yeah and there are certain situations where we can offer some financial support and again through that one number is where people can call to connect with um the people that are working in our transportation area and uh yeah possibly get some financial support for the cost of their gas and um and of their parking um but yeah unfortunately at this time we have had to suspend the um the driving service
0: yeah that's too bad but uh... yeah
2: yeah we kept it going for as long as we absolutely could um, but yeah, it's uh, really you know keeping everybody safe and having people you know with our social distancing thing we're doing now, um, you know having people in each other's cars just it just not it, we just don't want to risk things getting worse. So well, no,
0: that's for then, sure. Yeah. yeah, you must also be having some difficulty with the usual fundraising and awareness raising that you do during April. Uh, uh, do do you uh, kind of? Uh, expect that that will happen?
2: Yeah, so that actually has happened. We have um, suspended all in-person fundraising um, from a couple weeks ago until the end of the summer. We've made that a very hard decision, but again, our focus um, is keeping our clients, our volunteers, our donors, our participants, and our staff safe. So yeah, we're moving to um, if people want to give. Absolutely, there's still the um, possibility of doing that online, so our April campaign that we love so much, we have had to cancel for this year, so we won't have people out selling daffodil pins, or going door to door, so very tough decision, but had to be made, as with other charities as well, um, so yeah, but people can still go to cancer.ca to donate, um, very soon, for the next few days, we'll be launching our online daffodil pin, which we did uh, last year as well, so people can go online, still purchase our virtual pin, um, and, you know, post it on their emails or their social media. We also um, have had to uh, cancel our Relay for Life events, which was very heartbreaking to do. Um, but people can still go to RelayforLife.ca um, to donate to a participant, and we're just working through the kind of the final details on that. And, of course, our Pedal for Hope campaign as well. Um, even if the schools do come back, we won't be having our team going from school to school. No. The community. So we're just in the midst of finalizing some details. We're going to be doing that as a virtual campaign as well with um, – will be coming out in the next couple weeks or so. So we're working our way. We're looking for different options. Obviously, you know, being very conscious of the fact that people, you know, are losing their jobs and and times are incredibly uncertain, Mm -hmm. but we know that there's, um, you know, we still have participants out there and donors who still want to give. um, You know, cancer doesn't stop for this. No. It's important to make sure that we're still raising the funds so that, you know, research is happening and that our programs um, that we do still have running can continue to run.
0: Well, that's good. Um, And uh, do you have any additional uh, programs that you have thought up uh, during this uh, time of uh, physical distancing?
2: We we don't. Our offices have closed. They've been closed for two and a half weeks now. However, people can still reach us by phone. We are checking our voicemails um, on a regular basis, at least once an hour. So people do need to call the office at 705 They absolutely can call us. Um, I said we are not physically there, but we are working virtually from our homes. Um, Yeah, it's just really pushing. I'm getting people to call the Cancer Information Service. We we know that the need for support is higher now um, than probably ever before. So those uh, staff that worked out of our Hamilton office, they've actually been able to transition, and they're all working safely from home and able to um, keep that program running um, fully functionally as well and dealing with that 30%.
0: Okay, um, is there anything else that uh, we should be talking about?
2: You know, it's really just about, um, you know, making sure that, that if people do want to still give, um, you know, in this uh, very uncertain, crazy times we're in right now, that that opportunity is still there. We know it's important. Um, people luckily like will donate in memory and honor of somebody, and uh, we want to know that, we, you know. That's still important. Uh, but first and foremost, you want to make sure they're basically staying safe and that if they do need extra support, that they know that we are still here um, and that they can call us um, any time or they can contact us at, at peterborough at um, ta is their email And, again, we're checking that regularly as well.
0: All right. Maybe we could uh, finish uh, by um, repeating the uh, number of the local office and also the uh, cancer information line.
2: Absolutely. So our local office number is 705-742-3823. And again, we're asking people to leave a voicemail. We are checking voicemails that will return calls. Um, And our cancer information service is 1-888-939-3333. And that is a fully functional service at this point.
0: All right. Terrific, Allison. Well, I do wish you good luck with uh, raising uh, funds, uh, and of course uh, the media is always there when you uh, want to uh, do an awareness uh, campaign. Uh, so I do wish you luck with all of that because it's very badly needed.
2: Thank you, Devin. I really appreciate your support, and absolutely, I will be in touch as we move forward in this in this time and, and figure things new way to do some fundraising and awareness. Well
0: I've encouraged Allison to keep in touch because uh, there may be other things happening during uh, April that she wants people to know about. And uh, so we figured that this was a fairly uh, good medium to use for doing that. Well, I've been thinking a lot about technology lately. You know, back when they had the polio epidemics of the uh, 1950s and earlier, people were lucky if they had a a telephone to use in order to keep in touch with people because I have been checking out uh, the archives at CBC and uh, there was some social distancing going on back then as well Um, children who were particularly uh, prone to catching polio were encouraged not to go to school or church or parks or uh, anywhere that they could be in contact with one another i have a, a friend who remembers being told to uh, not leave the, uh, the porch or veranda of her house when she was about four years old. Anyway, we are very lucky that we do have technology that has advanced a great deal to keep us in touch. And uh, to that end, I thought it was kind of uh, an opportune time for us to have our monthly chat with Kim Kilpatrick of Get Together with Technology, which is a wing of the Canadian Council of the Blind. So here is our monthly chat with Kim for April. Well, it's time again to Get Together with Kim. Can't believe it, it's already the first Monday in April. Um, How are you doing, Kim? Well,
3: we can't get together, can
0: we? <laughs> well, no, not really. But but uh, this is a good way to get together.
3: Yeah, this is a social social distancing uh, get together. So I guess things really changed since the last time we talked in that.
0: Um, Boy, I'll we can say. No
3: longer be in place together with so many people. And-
0: yeah, that's for sure. Um, and we were going to be talking about uh, podcatchers and that sort of thing. But you and I decided that probably it might be a good idea to chat about a way that a lot of people are using to get together now, and that is the conferencing platform called Zoom. So what, yes. can, what can you tell well, we us?
3: Should, we should talk about that because it's been in the news, unfortunately, a lot lately as well with this thing called Zoom bombing.
0: I just heard about that uh, last night, as a matter of yeah.
3: fact. Yeah people are infiltrating some of these calls and I know Zoom is trying to fix that so I'm sure a lot of people are wondering about Zoom and how it works and, and how uh, people can use it so I thought maybe that would be a good idea to talk about it yeah um, Zoom is a, a platform that allows people to have meetings from wherever they are and you can, if you have a free account which anyone can get. You can talk to another person. So you and I could talk on Zoom for as long as we wanted without um, interruption. Okay. But if you have more than two people on your free account, you have to stop after 40 minutes. But I hear that if you leave a call and then come back, you can get the same people, you know, for another 40 minutes if you want to. So it is really handy for uh, people now that are working from home and that are trying to get together with groups that they normally see in person. Um, I'm, I'm going on a lot of Zoom calls. I think a lot of people are going on a lot of them. Yes. So I just wanted to tell you there are different ways to participate in those calls. One way is, the simplest way, is by your telephone line. And at the beginning of Zoom, when I first used it in Canada, there was only one number, uh, Canadian number that was there and that was a Toronto number. So people in other provinces if they didn't have long distance plans that worked uh were kind of out of luck. Uh, but now they seem to have numbers all across Canada that are local numbers to use. So um in the invitation you'll get there will be a number you can call it on your landline or on your smartphone if you don't want to use an app or system. And there will be a number, and then there'll be like a, a passcode, and you put that in, and then you're in on the call. So that's one way of getting into them. So if you don't have internet, if you don't have a computer, but you still want to be involved on those calls, there's a way of doing that. And then um, you can also get onto it through uh, your browsers on the Internet, so through Google Chrome or Safari or Firefox or Internet Explorer, whatever you're using, Um, or you can download the app. So there's um, an application for smartphones, so there's an iPhone 1 and an Android, and then there's one for Mac and for PC. And so it's just a little application that goes on your computer, and that way you can get into meetings uh, with those. And they all are very accessible. All the buttons are labeled, and and Zoom has been very good about making sure that their platforms are all accessible. So it's really good. You can schedule a meeting. You can host a meeting. You can do everything accessibly. So
0: it's it's quite a good system, really. Um, As, As I was telling somebody last night, if uh, voting is necessary, you can even raise your hand
3: Yeah, and, and, and vote so, that way.
0: In the busy
3: teleconferences, too, we, um, we encourage people to raise their hand if they want to say something so that people aren't talking over each other, and so then you can look at the raised hands and you can say, oh, Devin, you're next, because the hands go up in the order they went up. Ah. If, if, so that's very handy. You can mute everybody and then just unmute people as they if they want to talk. or So it's it's a very nice platform. You can also record their Zoom calls, and then you get an email. I think those are just in the paid accounts. but You get an email with the link to the recording, and then you can download it. So um, my colleague and I, for our radio show, we recorded one this morning on uh, on Zoom so that we're both talking in in the the room, and then we're going to try to... Put it up onto our station because we're not allowed to go in, of course, and do our radio show. Yeah. So, uh, there's lots of ways you can use Zoom. Now, Zoom also has a video and audio. I always turn my video off. I don't keep my video on because I'm totally blind and I don't always know would I be in, in focus or, uh, you know, what is it, what is it showing? My ceiling or my... <laughs> Yeah, my plants or my chair and so i turn it off it also takes up less internet space if you turn it off so um you can have video calls so some people like that because they can see the other people and they can you know they can i i've heard of people now doing um fitness classes through that or you know some of the things they normally were doing before where the instructor um You know puts their video on and then leads a class of something of yoga or fitness or something like that so that people can see and but i just use the audio and yeah you can raise your hand you can um, you can mute yourself and just listen to calls so sometimes you know you just want to have it on in the background but i've heard of people having lunch together through zoom or something where i mean they eat their own lunch, but they yeah. call each other like four or five people, and they sit there and they chat while they have their coffee or they have their lunch. And so I guess in this time when we can't reach the people we normally would like to see, yes, uh, it's a really good way of doing it. And the free account, you know, you could call your family members on it and invite them to come on at this time, and then they come on, and then you have a conversation. So I think a lot of these things, Zoom and FaceTime, Skype, you know, all of these ones that connect people are becoming so popular, really, right now, so it's just uh, good to know about them and that you can use them safely, uh, effectively, you know, if, you, if you're blind or have low vision, it's Very accessible way of of getting in there. You've been on a few. Have you found it good?
0: Oh, yes. Yes, I like it, too. Yeah, it's Uh, fun to do. I'll bet you even when things settle back down uh, to uh, our old normal, if I can put it that way, I'll bet you a lot of people will still use Zoom and other conferencing platforms uh, I think so.
3: I think so too. And I, I think even when they settle down, where we might be moving around our comput- um, computer community. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that we'll feel. I still will feel nervous about traveling on, like planes or trains. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, Things yeah. Intercity like that.
0: Yes, in such close contact
3: yeah other
0: people so, yeah so
3: i think we will and also i think it's shown us that we can like not that we want to work from home all the time or you know but it's possible to do it that's right so if you're gonna i i don't know about you Devin, but sometimes if i have a night meeting or an evening meeting yeah then you have to come home after that you have to walk home you know when it's 20 below or whatever you're yeah. trying to or wait for a bus or wait for a, um, um, like, a accessible transport. Or yeah. Things. It's kind of handier to actually be uh, safe, you know. Oh, yes. If it's slippery out, if it's pouring down rain. Yeah. Like, there are times when these things are actually better in some ways than, than sitting in the room with a
0: bunch of people. Yeah, you bet, or in a raging snowstorm or something like that. It would be yeah. much better to do it by Zoom or something. Yeah, I, I
3: think, I mean, not, not not all the time, but I think there will be times when, and some of the bigger gatherings, like, you know, guide dog conferences or or big tech conferences that, that people may, it may take a while before those things become uh, yes. the normal again, I would say, you know?
0: Yeah, that's right, and it's a whole lot less expensive, Uh for a conference to be held that way, even if you do have to pay for it, then it would be for people to, say, go to another province or whatever and yeah. have to book a hotel room and, you know, the conference organizers would have to book uh, um, hotel accommodations and hospitality oh, rooms and yeah. things. Yeah.
3: So, uh, Rail Literacy Canada, I'm on the board of that, and we are having our AGM live. and we were supposed to have it at a conference in Toronto, but um, that got cancelled. So, it'll be interesting to do the whole thing by that and see, you know, how it is.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to be interviewing Natalie about that next week.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we, we had to shift, and it'll be interesting. We've had that component there for people who couldn't come before, but... We've never done the whole thing, you know, by that way. So it'll be really interesting to see how that works. And I, I think other organizations are, are also, you know, shifting that over to do those things. And ours is a big country, and not everybody can afford to come to these things. No. You want to be involved in them, you know. So I think it's really good that we're exploring that, you know, that we that we are doing those things to see, find a good
0: balance now the only thing we'll have to do in the meantime between now and then is figure out how we can somehow put together because it'll be the 30th anniversary we'll figure out have to have to figure out how to put together a virtual anniversary cake
3: yeah and a reception (laughs) so we were going to have a reception so we're trying to think of ideas to do some sort of event that's like a, a you know some sort of virtual party. Yeah, yeah, That's the hard thing. I think people have to get their own snacks and kind of... Yes. <laughs> their own toasting things, you know, but it is, uh, yeah, it is It is an interesting time and it is... Um,
0: but maybe we can have a, um, you know, make sure you've got something to toast with because we're going to have a virtual toast together. Yeah, yeah. You know. Like that's that, sort of you know. So um, if someone wants to uh, try Zoom, how do they go about downloading it?
2: So
3: if you search for Zoom, uh, I think it's Zoom Video Conferencing or Zoom, I think it's zoom.us, I believe the site is, and I can send it to you. But also the app stores would have an app, so if you have an iPhone or iPad, iPod Touch, they would have an app. The Android Google Play Store would have an app, and you just look for Zoom conferencing or Zoom, Zoom video or Zoom, and and um and I think on their website they would have all the links to download the one for the PC and the one for the Mac and the you know the various platforms as well. So um, and I know they are working very hard on fixing some of the insecurities that. Where the Zoom bombing, so that's when a whole bunch of people jump on your call at once, and sometimes they post um, kind of obscene videos. And they, someone, one of the blindness groups this week had it, and they were all yelling and jumping in, and all of a sudden, like seventy people jumping in the room, and so the host just closed up
0: the room and left. Yes. And uh, and then ten minutes later, opened it back up again, and.
3: That's sort of what they say to do because you can't really get rid of them because there's so many of them that jump in there.
0: Um, so many that don't have very much uh, to do with their time, I guess, right? Eh?
3: <laughs> yeah, I guess so, or maybe they, I don't know why, they. you know, you never know. But they're trying to fix it so that people can't jump in in a group like that, I yeah. guess. But, um, but yeah, if you look for Zoom uh, at Zoom video communications, also Jonathan Mosen, who, who's done a lot of, podcasting and books, he has a book that he's making available for free called Meet Me Accessibly, I think it's called, and it's on his website at mosen.org. That would
0: be M O S E
3: M-O-S-E-N.org, and it's a couple of years old, but it really gives you the concept of how to do everything on Zoom. And I imagine that book would also, as well. Well, it's an audio book, so it wouldn't have the links in there. Right. But it would tell you exactly how to go and how to download it. It's quite good. I haven't quite finished listening to it. It's maybe two or three hours of um, of listening, and it just goes through everything about Zoom, what it is, how it works. You know how to use it, how to lead a meeting, how to get in, and, um, do all these things. So there may be a few slight differences to what. It was when he wrote the book or created the audio um, because they've done some updates. But it's, the concepts of it are, are basically the same. So I really recommend that. It's, it's very well done, and uh, it's a good way of finding out. And he was selling it, but in March he said his sales went up hugely, and he decided because he doesn't need the income right now, he's working for a blindness organization, so he's just making it free because he feels the blindness. Blind people need this resource, and they should have it right now.
0: That's great. Yeah, so that's Meet Me Accessibly
3: at uh, Moulson org. You'll find you'll find the book
0: there or
3: the audio book.
0: And who knows? Maybe uh, in future, you and I will have a conversation by Zoom, and I can we somehow could. record yes, it. We could record. We could do that way. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, I mean, you're clear enough as it is, but uh, you'd be be—you'd uh, sound even closer than you well, do on the I'll phone. I'll send you the link that Shelly and I did this
3: morning on Zoom, and I guess even if you wanted to play, we were just talking about how to keep ourselves safe and, like, social distance, so I'll send you that link, too, you can you oh. can hear it and see what you think
0: it is. All right, that sounds good. Thanks so much, Kim, for being with Thanks. us this month. Yeah, Again. everybody
3: stay safe and healthy.
0: Uh, yes, and you, too. Yeah, and and we'll talk again uh, uh, around uh, the first of May. Yeah, that sounds good. Terrific. We do have a little extra time, so I thought we would, while we're speaking of technology anyway, repeat an interview that I did with Leslie Yi, chair of our local chapter of the CCB, about Esight. As you know, from time to time, we like to feature specific technical devices and uh, get people to demonstrate them uh, who have used them and know what they're all about. And uh, this time, we're going to talk about a device called eSight, and um, someone who has used that is Leslie Yee. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Devin. So, tell me, what is
4: eSight? So, eSight is wearable technology where it's like a pair of goggles that go on in front of your prescription glasses. It's all built into the goggle, though. It's not like you have to wear your glasses and then put this over top of it. Okay. So, your prescription is built into the goggle itself, and it's attached to a small battery and computer uh, module that sits on your side in a bag, and um, there's a cable that goes from the goggle to the device itself. Okay. But it means you can get up and walk around and be able to look at things and uh, read things, get details of things. So it's designed for anybody with low vision who has lost their central vision, so due to macular degeneration, retinitis pigmentosa, there's about 10-12 different, different conditions that um, people can get that this device would work for. So, my understanding of how it works is it takes what you see through your peripheral vision and then replaces the holes in your central vision. So it completes the picture for you rather than your brain trying to complete the picture. Okay. So um, you can put this on and be able to see a person's face again that you normally can't see. Mm -hmm. Or read a book or read a recipe or do your bills or pay your bills. You can work on the computer screen or watch TV. You can even plug this in directly to the TV, and the TV then is right in your goggle. Cool. And the same with your computer. You can plug it into your computer through an HDMI, and you can see the computer screen right on your goggle as well, and movement of your head will help give you some movement around the screen, Ah, as opposed to having to move your mouse all the time. You still need both, but um, you can also move your head sideways, same with the TV. You can move your head left to right, up and down, to be able to see all parts of the screen when it's magnified. Because you know when things are magnified, you see a smaller area of that object. Yeah. Right, because you're making it bigger. So in order to see a full TV screen, if you need to go to um, three or four times magnification, you're going to lose the outside of the screen. Ah, okay. So what this does, as you do that, as you're focusing in on the center of the screen, if you turn your head left, it'll move you to the left part of the screen, the right part of the screen, up and down. Mm -hmm. So they've incorporated that. That's a great technology to have incorporated in there. Yeah. Yeah. So um,
0: a couple of things that it's not. It's not uh, useful for someone like me who has no vision. That's right.
4: You have to have some vision. And, in fact, it works best for people uh, 20 over 800 would be iffy if it will yeah. even work for you, ah. but roughly 20 to over 800 to 20 over uh, 60, I, I believe is what they kind of recommend. Okay. Um, so it's really works great for people with low vision where they don't maybe necessarily need a cane or a guide dog or anything, but they definitely struggle with not having that central vision, mm-hmm. but their peripheral vision could be good. So they just need to be able to see faces and read things and read signs. And mm-hmm. this definitely will do that for you Uh,
0: but it's not good for walking uh, mobility is it
4: no you don't actually use the e-sight to walk so the e-sight flips up and down in front of your glasses so when you're walking you would flip it up so you, it's, you can just move your eyes up to look through it, but then you move your eyes down to look through your prescription glasses yeah. or underneath the goggle if you don't need prescription glasses uh-huh. and to, to walk. Because looking through the goggle, everything is magnified. So you might have it magnified to be able to read the sign at the end of the street. So if it's magnified that high, if you're walking, you'll, of course, lose your step because everything would look closer than it really is. Yeah, it would really mess up your depth perception, Exactly. So you look through the bottom of the, underneath the goggle, I should say, Mm -hmm. through your prescription to do walking, which is normally what you do anyways. And we always use our peripheral vision to walk. We don't use central vision to walk. Now that's interesting, I did not know that Yeah, so your central vision Which is the center of your eye And it's the smallest part of your eye Is really there for getting details Okay. So it's your reading It's um, to read the license plate of a car For example To read a book, see a face So that's your central vision And then walking around is the big picture stuff Okay. So you use your peripheral vision In order to walk around So that's why it's okay to walk without it but to wear it when you're walking, it will allow you to walk down the street, look up and look through your goggle to read a sign, or read the bus that's coming towards you to find out what uh-huh. bus it is, so you can see that it's your bus that you want to catch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. Uh, what else will,
0: will it help you read?
4: Well, um, yeah, so you can sit, if you love to read novels, you can still sit down on, a, on your couch or your comfy chair with your book in normal position, which is mm-hmm. on your lap. Right. And you just put the magnification where you need it, and it will help you read. So the other thing that this device will do for, is it changes the color like a CCTV machine does, mm-hmm. so it will. You can read in normal, which is how you would normally see with all your colors, and and it's fast. It's not like you're looking at a video. It actually feels like you're looking through glasses, ah. although you're not. You're really looking at a a video. It, there's a small camera in the front that's recording everything, and it's so fast. It's it's almost like it's at the same speed at wow. the same time. Yeah, but it can now change. If you're reading or anything, you can change it to black on white, white on black, uh, yellow on blue, and uh, depending on how you see best. So if you need to read something and you just need to change it to black on white, you can adjust that, sit and read it in black on white. Now,
0: if you were doing something like um, sewing or knitting, could you use
4: it for that? Absolutely. So oh. anything where you need to see that detail or mm-hmm. look closely at something, definitely sight will help you with that. Yeah.
0: Not that you can't do those things without sight, but if you're not used to doing them without sight, it's good to have the magnification to use what... Uh, residual vision you have.
4: Yeah, in fact, you know, if you have lost your sight or are losing your sight a little bit later on, mm-hmm. and it's hard to sometimes learn new technologies or learn new way of doing things. So literally by wearing e eSight, the only thing you have to get used to is learning to just Manage between the goggle part and walking around, looking underneath the goggle part. Right. So it's learning mm-hmm. that, which is very minor compared to learning new technology. Using the device is very easy and very straightforward. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you, yeah, so if you're older and you're losing your vision, you can wear eSight and carry on with your daily activities as if you hadn't lost your sight.
0: Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. it
4: replaces your central vision. It puts all the detail back in there for you.
0: Uh, would it help in the kitchen uh, with regard to measurement and stuff like that? Yes, because you can mm-hmm.
4: read your measuring cups, your spoons. You can look at, open a drawer, look in it, and actually find things. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, rather than just feeling around for everything. Yeah. It, it definitely helps in the kitchen. Reading your recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I often use mine in the kitchen. If I have to do something with a lot of reading, yeah. then it's so much easier than trying to do a handheld magnifier because this is this is hands-free yeah Uh, there's a little case to carry the computer part in which i sling over my shoulder like cross chest you know yeah over Mm -hmm. the shoulder i have the goggles on my head so my hands are completely free Uh so i can go about do my daily routine and have the goggles on and uh be able to read things and and pick things up and read them and yeah mm-hmm. yeah you don't have to worry about it and, and it's not a heavy device no it's just it, the whole thing together is really under a couple of pounds yeah now the one i have is actually generation one so it's one of the first model that hit the market because i've had mine for several years now And since then, they're now at Generation 3, so the computer pack is about half the size of mine, Wow! so it's even lighter. And the goggle part is a lot smaller, so Mm -hmm. they're getting them closer and closer. They don't look like sunglasses necessarily, but they're closer and closer to that size. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Uh they're much smaller and uh, more manageable as well that way, too. And
0: probably something we should mention is that they're made here in Canada,
4: Yes, they were invented by a gentleman in, and I believe it's Montreal, mm-hmm. right the Montreal area, who's, he had two sisters who had star guards, and he, I guess as, as an engineer, he always said, someday I'll invent something for you to help you see, Yeah, and uh, it took him 10 years to get it to... The stage of the one I have, Mm -hmm. and then uh, from there it's just done really well. And now they sell to I can't even tell you how many countries around the world. Wow, that's super! Yeah, so they've they've done really well. So it's come a long way in even a short time from when this first one was launched.
0: Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, Before we talk about where to go to to get something like this, um, is there anything? else that it that it can do that we haven't talked about
4: um no i th- think we've talked about everything okay. that it can do i will say though that the new versions are even more clear and more crisp ah. than this current one so it, it's like all technologies they yeah. get better and better so they're getting smaller and sleeker yeah uh, crisper looking and uh, cleaner looking um, even faster, I think, in the video streaming of it. Right. Even though I think mine is super fast, it's yeah, probably even faster. So, it's uh, it, it's seamless. Right. A little bit more, yeah. So, it, I, I will mention that that uh, the newer ones are really good. Now,
0: can you get this uh, e-site through the? assistive devices program?
4: No, unfortunately you cannot. Mm-hmm. And I do know they've been advocating to try to get it through that program, but yeah. they haven't been able to yet. So it is oh. something that you have to get out of your own pocket. Or a lot of people fundraise. They they do the GoFundMe page. Oh, yeah. And have raised money, and there's a lot of people out there raising money for people who need eSight. Uh, perhaps a group or an organization in your area can help you raise money for yeah. it. Uh, it is an expensive device it's um up and over ten thousand dollars so it uh you know it, it definitely does cost some funds but like i said you know if you um if if you have low vision and you're just struggling really struggling with losing that central vision this is something that can really help you super and where do you get it so you can look up eSight online. It's small, small e, then S-I-G-H-T.
0: What was that, like a hyphen
4: between the No, e- there's no hyphen. No? Oh, okay. No. All right. And um, if you just look up eSight, you'll see it very quickly. You can then call for an appointment. Of course, you would get an appointment to try it, to make sure it works for you. It does not work for everybody. It depends on the disease that you might have for yeah. your eye condition. But, um, or the amount of uh, acuity that you do have. So, um, but you definitely would make an appointment um, and uh, try it out. And I know when I went for mine, I mean, I was able to take my time and, you know, try it out for a while. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't just try somebody else's because my own prescription is built into it. Uh Uh, But they'll modify the the demo one to suit your own prescription. Oh, that's good. And then allow you to try it out. Now, did you
0: have to go to Montreal or did they come
4: to you? Um, When I went, I met somebody in Toronto. Okay. Um, Whether they come, they might be able to come to you. Depends where you live. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. So, but making that phone call and setting up a, a time to uh, meet somebody is the best thing to do.
0: All right. Okay. Is there anything else that we should be mentioning about it?
4: Um, no, I think it, that pretty much covers everything. But yeah, right. if it's uh, it, you know, if, if somebody thinks that um, the 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 neat thing about this is it can replace a lot of assistive devices, uh, other. Items. Yeah, yeah. So it might be something that if if somebody is in th- at the beginning stages of losing their vision, they might want to look at doing something like a sign before they invest in any other items, right? And see if it works for you. It it, it has so much magnification in it; it grows with you. Uh-huh. So if you start losing your vision, and you over the next five years, you're going to lose more vision e-sight you just increase magnification as you need it Super, so yeah. it, it's not like it's, it's only going to work for a year and not work, mm-hmm. you know unless something drastic happens to your eyesight right right yes but yeah. if it's just the normal prog- progression then it's something that could last you for many many years so it's definitely worth looking into before you as one of your devices, and yeah. it might be the device for you, and you, then you don't need any other devices.
0: Right. Yeah.
4: And um, it comes with its own rechargeable battery? Yes, it does. I just plug it in, and mm-hmm. it, it charges it right in the, the case. I never have to remove the battery or anything like Super. that. E-Sight's also been very good with me with uh, and with most people that I've talked to for um, their aftercare service. Oh. So if I'm struggling, sometimes my e-site needs a tune-up. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. um, what they do is they send me a temporary e-site. Oh. And uh, I just package all this up in that box and send it back to them. It's never costed me a cent. Wow. When they've, when they've done their tune-up, they've sent it back to me, and then I just send them back the again, in that box, yeah. and return it. But they make all the arrangements. So I've always had very been very well taken care of by the company for anything that they need afterwards.
0: Good. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming to talk to us about eSight. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, that just about brings this edition of Insight Peterborough to a close. I thought, though, that we could uh, find our way out of here with a uh, song by Terry Kelly, who is a blind musician living in Halifax. And uh, the uh, title song of one of his albums is The Power of the Dream. So I thought we'd finish with that. We will be celebrating Easter before you and I have a chat again. And uh, so to that end, I will wish you a happy Easter. And uh, in whatever way you're, you're celebrating it, also happy Passover to any of our Jewish listeners. And I will look forward to seeing you again on Easter Monday. Thanks so much for listening. Take good care of yourselves. Be safe, be well, and stay home. Bye for now.
5: Look, see there, movement. Everywhere, improvement. 150 billion tongues. One clear voice. Down under a song, the sound, the thunder, singing the dream to opening ears all over the world. There's a buzz in the air, and the people from far and near have made a choice, the choice is clear, changing what it means to be blind. Step by step, one day at a time. Still much to do, but it shall be. That the sighted eyes of the world will be able to see. There will be changes. The power of the dream. to the occasion to change humankind by movement and mind. We shall be as one. And what of youth and children? Empowerment is their freedom. And we must convey by example so they can say no big deal, I'm blind eyes of the earth, we'll acknowledge the person first, through our vision by knowing our worth, changing what it means to be blind, step by step one day at a time.